This is local and regional news on KDNK. I'm Joshua Adamson. Semi-trucks and other commercial vehicles could face new rules on I-70 through the mountains. A newly introduced bill in the state legislature would prohibit them from driving the left lane between Morrison and Glenwood Springs. The bill's sponsors hope that will help reduce accidents, although the trucking industry is opposed to the changes. The, me- the measure would also require that commercial vehicles use chains on I-25 and any highway further west between September 1st and May 25th. In recent years, significant amounts of copper, aluminum, and iron in Lincoln Creek caused the death of fish in the creek and in Grizzly Creek Reservoir, and sampling in 2022 deemed that the sources are predominantly natural. A report in November identified more questions involving recreational, ecological, and health concerns surrounding the water quality. The Aspen Daily News reports that a public meeting on the issue was held this week and that a coalition of interest groups ranging from local to federal paired with Pitkin County commissioners are working together to find solutions. Lawmakers want to change the state constitution so that childhood sexual abuse victims can sue their abusers after the statute of limitations has expired. The amendment was announced alongside survivors, including 57-year-old Randy Cady. He was sexually assaulted by his first grade teacher in the 1970s. Cady says that the amendment will bring institutions like his school to justice. It will hold them accountable for what they knew and refused to admit. It provides an opportunity for people like me to speak up and speak out and take the power back. On average, victims don't come forward about childhood sexual abuse until they're over 50. The amendment is a response to last year's Colorado Supreme Court ruling that struck down a state law that let victims sue over decades-old abuse and has to get approval from the legislature and voters in November before it goes into effect. In January, staffers at High Country News announced plans to unionize for better working conditions. Staffers say unionizing is part of an industry-wide reckoning. KZMU's Molly Marcello speaks with three HCN staff members who are also organizers with the new union. My name is B. Ostra. I go by Toasty, and I'm a staff writer on the Indigenous Affairs desk at High Country News. I'm uh, Diane Sylvain. I'm a copy editor now, full-time. I love it because I get to work with all these great writers. And I'm Bear Guerra. Uh, my real name is Roberto, but everyone calls me Bear, and I'm the visuals editor. The union is calling on High Country News to provide salary and hourly wages, similar to the national industry, affordable health coverage for dependents, just cause employment, among many other things. Can you speak more broadly about what the union aims to achieve for staff and culture at the organization? Diane? I've spent my whole working life under at-will employers. When things are going well, they're going very, very well. And when they're bad, they're horrid. And uh, you really have no recourse. You you know, it's like um, knowing that you live in an earthquake zone. I mean, this is such a great place to work. And for me, like I've never, I've never loved a job this much. Uh, I think a lot of people that work, uh, at least in the editorial department, people that I work with every day really like their jobs at HCN. But part of the problem is that we've seen a lot of turnover, uh, especially with Indigenous and staff of color 
who they just have better opportunities elsewhere because uh, HCN doesn't pay at the at the industry standards. So another publication comes along and it's very easy to poach a writer or an editor. So I really want HCN to be able to retain talent so that we can keep a good team together and keep doing what we love. And we want to be able to afford to continue to work together. It seems very clear that this is incredibly important to the union and its mission statement. It says there's a lot that remains to be done to make High Country News a more just, anti-racist, diverse, and sustainable workplace for everyone. And it seems like, in your collective opinion, a union is the best way to achieve that. I think, you know, the organization has made great strides in recent years in prioritizing concerns around justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, for instance. But it often feels like a lot of that work falls on a small number of people on staff and that we're we're not all fully on the same page yet in terms of how important that work is for the, the organization. When we talk about sustainability, though, I think, you know, we're talking about a number of things and that that is that's part of it. Uh, this isn't just about competitive salaries, for instance, but it's also about manageable workloads. In this industry, we work, we all work very hard, you know, and uh, unfortunately, I think there's has historically been an attitude of, well, let's par for the course. Yeah, the, the turnover has been in every department. It's just it's just hard to like always be seeing these great people leave in every department, scramble for replacement, get them in and just absolutely fall in love with them and with what they're doing. And then the next thing you know, they're, they're, they're gone. And uh, I think we're all really tired of that. So earlier this month, the executive director of High Country News emailed staff to announce that he would not voluntarily recognize the union. There's something I wanted to point out here, which is that your reporting in the magazine often covers labor issues across the West. And here you all are in your own labor movement yourselves. What do you make of that? Well, I think we had all uh, hoped that HCN leadership would walk the talk, you know, when it came time to go public and launch our union efforts. And so it's been disappointing to see that that's not been the case, especially considering what you've just mentioned, that, you know, we go out and we cover labor movements across the West and we write about how important they are. We all care. Uh, and then we come back home to our own newsroom and address these labor issues. And it's a different situation. I think also it speaks to, again, some industry-wide similarities, which are actually more related to nonprofit organizations. A lot of the labor movements we've covered are within the environmental movement or, or uh, other kind of conservation movements or, or things like that that overlap with some of our broader coverage areas. Diane actually really put this well in a response that she had to one of our board members. He sent us a note that was opposed to the, the union and I'm not going to quote it exactly, but it was it was to the extent of, you know, nonprofits, unfortunately, often exploit our idealism and our passion for the work. And I think that that's also what we see in other labor movements and, and unfortunately feel at times here at HCN. The High Country News Union is organizing with the Communication Workers of America under the Denver News Guild, which also includes the Denver Post and Casper Star Tribune. Your union has also pointed to other nonprofit newsrooms that have gone union, like ProPublica. How do you see HCN Union fitting into a larger national trend? 
at least for me, there's been sort of a encouragement in seeing that it is happening. It just kind of didn't occur to me that it was possible. And then I'm looking around and I've, of course, copy editing these stories and going, hey, there's no reason we can't do this. You know, it is happening. Yeah. And we've just seen such a remarkable outpouring of support and care from, uh, you know, people at other publications that have unionized and from readers and from sources. I mean, people have just been coming out of the woodwork to vocalize their support for us. And it's been really overwhelming uh, in, in, a, in a wonderful way. Any last words before we go, Bear? I would say that we'd really encourage, uh, if any of our readers are out there and hear this, we'd really encourage them that if you do have any questions about it, to reach out to us, any of us at the union. Our website is hcnunion.org. Uh, we'd love to see you sign our letter of support if you support us. But if you have any questions about this effort to really reach out to us. Yeah, I really appreciate being here. Uh, and I do really see this as an important step in, like Bear was talking about, you know, a greater set of industry-wide challenges. We need journalism and we need really good journalism like HCN produces and we want to keep producing it. And we need to be able to do that under stable, sustainable conditions. And that's a much bigger problem than HCN is having. That's, that's an industry-wide issue. We need, we need the news and we need trustworthy news and reporters need to be able to do their jobs well. So do editors and photojournalists. Um, so there's a bigger reckoning that's happening that, you know, I think we all ought to be really attentive to and participating in, in a, as positive a way as we can. And I think the HCN union is hopefully part of the solution. High Country News staffers Toasty Oster, Bear Guerra, and Diane Sylvain speaking with KZMU's Molly Marcello about their new union, which will go through an election process with the National Labor Relations Board. The executive director at High Country News did not return KZMU's request for comment. That story was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio. This is KDNK News.